Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where many of us don't know our own memes, that's okay. We're back to talk about Jacksonville Jaguars and the matchup the Ravens will have after Turkey Day down in Florida after what was a very frigid game at M&T Bank. They'll be going down to Florida for what will hopefully be better conditions. Hopefully Lamar will enjoy being back in his home state and the warm embrace of that air. But uh, yeah, I feel like we got to start off the show talking about this, this meme thing and the fact that we got even more memes in uh, today's show. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, okay. But before we get to that, speaking of the last weekend being the cold, being a really cold game, did you guys see the news? Like that was like the coldest like day in November on record. Of course it was. <laughs> think, well, from, think, from Maryland, right? Not ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. From, 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 from as measured in like Baltimore, I guess it was. It was on like WBAL, I think. But yeah, wow. yeah, not the coldest. Yeah, not the coldest day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in the entire universe. But uh, but yeah, no, yeah. Back to the memes, you know, man. Yeah, Pablo Escobar. It's a Pablo Escobar, you know, waiting meme. It's it's a thing, guys. I I, I didn't realize that it was going to be such a thing, but I, I shared it with our group chat and our in our little game day chat on Discord. And uh, you know what, KJ, uh, listener KJ, he he agreed with me. He was like, "How the heck do you guys not know the Pablo Escobar meme?" <laughs> and then he also recommended that we watch Narcos, <laughs> right? Which is then where we get to the part of the story where two minutes before we start recording here, Chris admits that. Although he's a big fan of the meme, he has not seen the show, which he failed to mention, you know, last episode. So, yeah, but you know, you know, I, 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 I did my, I did my research. You know, you know, sometimes, sometimes if I find a meme I like and like <laughs> gives me some chuckles, I go on to know your meme. I'm like, I'm gonna go on a little history lesson today, <laughs> figure out where this thing came from. Man, That's how I spend my free time called out respecting the original artist who actually put together those still images rather than the random joe on the internet who decided to put funny captions over front of it good guy chris right there good yeah. guy chris <laughs> well i just looked it up guys it's gonna be 71 degrees and sunny on uh <laughs> kickoff down in jacksonville according to the current uh forecast so pretty much a 180 looks like no wind just a very nice day. Right now, the Ravens are favored by four points, and the over-under is 43.5 points, uh, which is kind of interesting. You know, you're looking at this team. They're three and seven, third place in the AFC South. Uh, I thought this was a pretty interesting stat. 11-point point differential, plus 11, but it's mostly because they've had two big wins where they really ran up the score, and then... Whenever they lose, they're they're losing by one score most of the time. So, very odd team. I feel like uh, it looks like there's a lot of signs. What I can like tell, there's a lot of signs of a growing team, an improving team, but they're just not quite there yet, and they're not put, being able to put together many wins. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, and it'll it really came clear to me researching this team and a little more than I knew just how many really young players they have they're relying on who are either rookies or in years two and three I mean obviously uh, Trayvon Walker and, and Trevor Lawrence are the big names uh, and I guess Travis Etienne now as well but uh, we'll, we'll get into there's some other guys too uh, really young guys on the defensive side offense is a little older but yeah just a collection of players all of which have potential but they're all at different stages of figuring it out and when you're when you have that for a team, it generally doesn't translate into 
a lot of consistency. Maybe a, a couple of seasons down the road it will, but yeah, this team's definitely still in a in a growing mold. I think they're better than they were last year, which isn't saying much because it was really hard to be worse than they were, but a team with a lot of potential and it it will be interesting playing this team off a bye, you know, uh, they'll be on the bye. The coaching staff will probably coach these guys up. Their young minds are probably going to take to it and we'll see if they come out of the gate and and surprise the Ravens a little bit in the onset with uh, some renewed vigor. But yeah, I mean, it's a game I think the Ravens should win again, just like last week, but uh, certainly a team that has players that can give the Ravens some trouble if uh, they're not 100% on their A game. Yeah, I think we should probably start talking about the offense because I think, um, you know, at least for me, I think there's probably a lot of variance um, that we could kind of see out of uh, quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Um, certainly a guy, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, while I was also looking at internet memes, one thing that was pretty <laughs> also pretty common during the time was that the hype for Trevor Lawrence was a huge thing a couple of years ago. Um, everybody was like, oh, man, he's the best quarterback to come out of college since Peyton Manning, very highly touted. He's going to be a quarterback that would was pro-ready, um, all this stuff. Um, certainly the first year, a little bit rough, um, definitely not, you know, lighting the NFL by storm. Uh, but then again, I think a lot of people, you know, rightfully so, pointed out, hey, Peyton didn't either. He had a lot of turnovers in his rookie year. Uh, year two, you know, I still at least to me, like it doesn't really seem like he's kind of hit that trajectory. I think a lot of it right now kind of seems like the hype was a little bit overblown. Certainly like, you know, completion percentage up from last year, uh, touchdown interception ratio better from last year. Uh, but still, man, you know, the thing that kind of stands out to me that just, I'm not sure if he has the poise to just like make the key throws and key situations. I mean, the, the one thing that really kind of stands out to me that, the Denver game in London, man, of just, you know, a very, a very winnable game, in my opinion. Lawrence just being able to get down the field, be able to get a late score, and first play just throws an interception, like a really bad one. Just like, there are a lot of plays like that, man, just a little head scratching. And, you know, like you said, Peter, kind of a sign of a team that still has to grow. They need a lot more uh, coaching and, and just seasoning in the game and everything, but it's one of those things. He's got the talent, though. He's got the arm, and he can do some things. But it's it's really for me. I think it's the mental game, and that is one of the, you know, a little bit scary because you know they could turn it on at any time. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this draft right now. Oh, there's a there's a name we all know, Clayus Campbell, 50th overall pick in the second round. But you know, Matt Ryan was drafted third overall in his draft year, uh, same draft year as Joe Flacco, of course, as every Ravens fan is probably keenly aware of, but. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Matt Ryan and, and kind of what I'm starting to think his career trajectory might be. I think he could be an above average NFL quarterback, but I don't think he's going to be in the pantheon of uh, the elites. And and it's just a difficult, I think, pill to swallow for Jacksonville when you got a guy who's so well heralded, like you mentioned, coming out of college, you know, best best pocket passer, most cerebral passer since Payne Manning, you know, since Andrew Luck, etc. And to get a guy who's not quite level setting, you know, level jump quarterback. But I think he could still be very highly functional and take a team deep into the playoffs even win a Super Bowl with that level of talent. It just I don't I don't know if he's ever gonna lift people around. But I will say like 
I mean, as mentioned, you know, coming out of the shroud of Urban, he's been able to increase his completion percentage and dramatically improve his touchdown to interception ratio this year. And one of the coolest stats that uh, we have here is that basically the man becomes very poor in clutch situations, fourth quarters where it's a score ball game in the last two minutes of either half. He like completely implodes um, and he throws a lot of interceptions in these time frames. If he can clean that up, this could be the next step in his evolution to really becoming one of these top tier passers. Maybe not like a tier, but you know, solid B tier or maybe a tier, but not the S tier. Matter <laughs> on how your, your tier system works. <laughs> so I think that's really the next step for him. And, you know, for a second year quarterback, that's not terrible. I think we really do put a lot of stress on these guys uh, to perform right away. And I think it is positive to see the sign that they added some pass catchers around him, added weapons, and he's improving. Like it, it didn't, he's not flatlining. Like, I mean, Zach Wilson, they added everything around him and they're like, we'll give you three inches, less than three inches in the second half, you know, per play and, and, <laughs> and everything's fine. Right. Like at least like he's not doing that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think the jury's still out on what this guy's ceiling can be. Um, And at the same time, floor. Uh, I think that you look at him and he'll make plays that make you think like he could be among um, the elite quarterbacks in the league. And then, uh, you know, we're bringing up his stats at the end of games in tight situations. He just, he he looks atrocious on that. If You know, week one, uh, Chris brought up the game in, in Denver. That one was not good. Uh, I think even worse than that was that game in week one against the Commanders where uh, he got forced out to his left and just, instead of just throwing the ball away, just decided for whatever reason to heave it deep under through Christian Kirk by like, it was like a 10-yard underthrow by the time Christian Kirk had run back into the frame. It was awful and just the easiest pick ever for Washington. Uh, you know, in fairness to him, he had what should have been the game-winning drive against Indianapolis in that second game. Uh, just the defense gave up that touchdown at the end there, and there was no time left in that game, 17 seconds. So, you know, the, they tried the old pitch play, and of course that didn't work. So, but yeah, I, I agree. You look at this guy, and he he has the tools. He has improved, and it's just really interesting. This this draft class, we ca- it came out with all these quarterbacks who were really highly heralded. And we're seeing this year, you know, unfortunately, Trey Lance is incredibly incomplete uh, because of his inability to stay healthy. But uh, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson just having awful sophomore uh, seasons. Trevor Lawrence having a solid one. Justin Fields was having a bad, pretty bad one, too, except for the past uh, four weeks. He's just the Bears have just allowed him to run loose. And he's actually looking pretty good right now. But you know, when we compare his passing numbers to Lawrence, um, Lawrence actually has slightly better passing numbers. So, yeah, I, I think what, what all this means for this matchup coming up after this bye, like we're saying, I think we hit it right on the head. We just don't know what to expect in this matchup from Trevor Lawrence. We don't know if this is going to be a game that the Ravens defense is going to be able to easily dominate him or they're going to be able to get in the backfield and uh, force him to to rush throws, force him to... Uh, throw high and, and, and get an interception off that. That is another one of his tendencies is to throw the ball uh, a couple feet high on receivers. Or is it, you know, is he going to come out of the bye week um, 
refocused? Uh, are they going to have a sharper game plan? Look at what he did well, what worked well for him in the first half, what didn't. And, you know, the coaching staff be able to craft a, a plan around him that can keep the Jaguars in the game. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, so we'll, we'll just have to see on Sunday. But what I will say, I think looking at the film of what I was able to today, whether or not Trevor Lawrence is on his game on Sunday, I think the Ravens will have a very favorable matchup against this offensive line. This offensive line really does not look particularly special. Uh, really struggled against the Kansas City Chiefs and in other games this year, particularly the right side. The right tackle gave up at least three sacks in that game. Mm. Uh, we're talking about the Ravens' pass rusher that continues week in and week out. I think they're going to have another really good matchup here, and that should really help set the tone for this game from the defensive uh, standpoint again if the offense is having uh, some issues getting out of the gate scoring points it's a game i'd like to think you know similar to last week while this offense might have slightly higher i mean they definitely not even slightly they have definitely a higher ceiling than the panthers offense did with these weapons that they have that i think our defense should be able to really limit their production and and have another dominant performance but here's the kicker. This is the number one thing that's going to make me scared about this team, and I think it will be reiterated through many phases of the game. Coming off this bye, and also against the quality of opponent that the Ravens are, I think they're going to come out relatively fearless because there's nothing bad that can come of this game. Like If they get absolutely trounced, if the Ravens look hot on offense, hot on defense, and they get blown out of the water, it'll be like, well, the Ravens are really good. They happen to have a really good game against us whatever but if they come out fearless and they start getting some completions and some swagger it could be a little bit more intimidating for the ravens because i just really feel like this team has nothing to lose they might come out loose well coached from a bye and and that's what that's the number one thing that scares me about this is that this team doesn't i don't think they're gonna play scared because they there's no expectation for them to win uh yeah i mean i i think that's a, a great point and you know, we're looking at this team, and if you look at the beginning of the season before, uh, you know, fatigue started to set in, some injuries and stuff, uh, this this team came out of the gate hot, and we were looking at the Jaguars as possibly a, a surprise team uh, this year. You know, they came out and uh, in week two, at, you know, after that loss to Washington, where they played well, but not well enough to, to win that game against a, a opponent they should have been able to beat. Uh, blanked the Colts at home, 24 to zero. And then the next week traveled to LA and they had that huge win against the Chargers. We referenced those at the beginning. Uh, and then after that, things kind of got off the rails a bit, but yeah, I, I could certainly see this team again, like we're saying, young players, they're all trying to make a mark in this, in this league. They're not necessarily caring about winning or losing yet right now they're trying to get that next big contract they're going to come and play they're going to come and give the ravens their best effort so i trap game is certainly a possibility for this one and once again we're traveling back to florida for the ravens uh post september i know that they had great luck against the bucks in that game they were able to kind of use the humidity against them uh but still this is still an area where the ravens have struggled uh, even not just against Miami or Tampa, um, against Jacksonville as well. We saw uh, in the Joe Flacco era, uh, 2016, I believe, was a pretty sloppy game that the Ravens won on a late field goal uh, against a Jaguars team. They should have been able to put a, uh, down pretty easily. Um, another year in Jacksonville, if you look at 
the game in uh, 2011, uh, that Monday night game where we all were expecting the, the Ravens to roll over the Jaguars by a multiple touchdown lead. They end up losing that game 12 to 7. So, you know, it's it, it it's a game they're going to have to take seriously. But I, I think in one sense, the difficulties they had last week might actually benefit them. And, you know, they, they can look at that and say like, hey, you know, our offense is down some guys. It's not as easy for us to move the ball and score points as it is when we have Andrews out there at full strength. When we got Gus and, and JK, when we got Bateman, let's have a, a a better contingency plan out there and really focus on the red zone and offense. Um, so the struggles from last week could lead to an increased focus, which could help combat the, the youthful energy that the Jaguars could possibly bring out of this bye. Yeah, I think it's a really great point, Peter. I think, um, you know, kind of on that note, we should probably move on to the defense at some point. But before we do that, you know, one thing I did want to mention, we kind of just go through some of the um, offensive weapons to kind of close out, at least the offensive side of the ball a little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, certainly, you know, at least on paper, I would think that the Jags kind of probably have probably have some better weapons on offense than what the Panthers had, at least, you know, um, well, even including the quarterback for that matter. It's not like Mayfield was playing that well. But um, Travis Etienne, you mentioned earlier, has been having a great last couple of weeks. Um, He's definitely a back that I think can give the Ravens a little bit of trouble. Uh, Currently 10th in the league in rushing. Um, Been doing very well since James Robinson has been traded uh, to the New York Jets and Honestly, after that trade, I feel like the uh, the Jags almost won that one because Robinson is not being used all that much at all. But yeah, other than that, I mean, you've got Christian Kirk as well, having a great season. He's another guy who, you know, actually it was kind of the reverse of, of Trevor Lawrence. It was, you know, why did the Jags spend so much money on Christian Kirk? He's barely a third receiver for the Cardinals. And then all of a sudden he's actually a very good wide receiver one for them. Uh, been doing very well down there. Um, you also have got other guys, Zay Jones, uh, Marvin Jones, Evan Engram, a couple of those guys as well, kind of on the offense. Um, you know, overall, not a group that is super scary, but also they're fairly productive. So, you know, if uh, you know they get the right things clicking on offense, I think they definitely have some players to do damage. As you said, like, you know, if, if this is if this turns into a game like what happened last week against the Panthers, I think the Jags have enough guys to be able to make the plays that they need to. Um, as long as they're poised to do it. Yeah, and, and I think the big thing we'll see with these collection of players is we, you know, it, it's it's a common thing to say, but I think it's particularly true with them. We just got to make sure we tackle them. And we'll talk about it uh, on the other side of the ball. They're, they really struggle with tackling, but we have to make sure because what they really seem to emph- emphasize is screens, quick passes, uh, you know, the bootlegs, play action. If, if these are the main points of emphasis and they're looking for that yak to really get benefit out of those plays and i'm looking for our team to be able to if they are if they aren't able to like break up the pass play to just be right there to tackle right away uh and limit the damage so uh particularly with etn too i think if, he, if they try to utilize him a lot in the past game i know that he only has had about three targets per game which is a little lower than i would expect given the fact that of his like uh, d- draft pedigree and his relationship with Lawrence, but it, you know, still those three times he gets targeted. Let's say he catches all three. That's you know, he, it. Wouldn't shock you at all to see that he had 30 yards catching. That's all first downs and, and stuff like that. So you got to just make sure to wrap him up and not get him going. Cause he's, 
he is a dynamic guy. You'll, when you see him on the field, uh, he definitely kind of he kind of reminds me of like a better Justice Hill as far as when he touches the ball, he really has a lot of uh, electricity and pop. And uh, yeah, you don't want to let him uh, slide through one tackler because it could be very dangerous. Yeah, ETN's really a special player. Um, really exciting for the Jaguars to finally get him on the field and fantasy football players everywhere because <laughs> everyone was really excited about him coming out. And then there was the injury, but now he's here and he's given the goods and hopefully uh, the Ravens can bottle him up like Kansas City was relatively able to do uh, last time the Jaguars were on the field. Uh, but moving on to the defensive side of the football, um, yeah, this is another area where, again, a lot of young players, uh, some interesting names that have a lot of potential but are, you know, quite frankly struggling right now to adapt to the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk about two high draft picks that the Jags have that um, are having some early career struggles that are kind of analogous to some players on the Ravens. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, just to give an overall of this defense, um, uh, it's just been a wildly inconsistent season. We talked about what they were able to do against the Chargers and the Colts. In, in three games this season against the Colts, the Chargers, and the Texans, uh, they only gave up an average of, of around 7.7 points per game in those contests. But then you look at the other seven games, and it's 26 per game, just night and day difference. And the major thing that they've had is an issue that we harped on with the Ravens early in this season and a lot more last year. They're just missing a ton of tackles. Um, this was a crazy stat I came across. Apparently, in the game they had against Houston, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, so however they're tracking missed tackles in their data, they claim that in that game, the J- Jacksonville Jaguars defense missed more tackles in that game than in, in any other defense in any other single game since they've been recording that. Um, Agreed. Which is, which is not good, <laughs> obviously. And I don't know if they've if they've improved that terribly much. You know, that's, those numbers aren't terribly easy to, to pinpoint down. But I will say when looking at uh, watching some of the film from that Kansas City game, uh, it, it was still there. They were still missing some tackles. They're still uh, allowing the Chiefs to get some bigger plays than they should have been able to in certain situations. So that's something that uh, hopefully the Ravens can exploit. And it'll be nice to after, you know, last year having to be on the wrong end of that too many times. But um, yeah, just a a group yet again, like we said with the offense, but I think a little more so for this unit, a lot of young players with high potential uh, who are still trying to figure out how to bring some aspects of their game uh, to the NFL level. I'm guessing your comp for Trayvon Walker would be OA. Uh, that it would be. Yeah. So you got this guy first overall pick this year. The definition of has all the traits, but not quite the production. And um, he started off similar to OA. Like, yep, it, the hot start showing those flashes of why they drafted him first overall, the length, the speed, the versatility. And now he's, you know, still trying to develop an actual pass rush plan and uh, consistency at the NFL level. And we all know that that kind of player takes a lot of time. Could be until his third season they really starts to tear off. But uh, still a player that you have to respect. And I'm curious if we'll have Stanley. You know, it seems like a quiet day on the Ravens news front. No updates on Stanley. No updates on Hamilton as far as the injuries go. But if he's unable to go, I do think McCary could have a lot of trouble with him just because of that length. And that's something to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, on the other side uh, as well, if we're going to continue kind of talking about the pass rush, um, Josh Allen, not the quarterback, but uh, yeah, right. defensive end <laughs> for the Jaguars, uh, not to be confused with the quarterback, um, been playing pretty well. Um, he's definitely been a weapon for them, probably one of the bright spots on the defensive line uh, group at there. Arden Key as well uh, has, has been a bright spot on this defensive line group. I believe um, he played for the 49ers last year. He was a guy that the at least we were thinking about taking a look at in the off season, but he ended up signing with the Jags. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've, you know, like the, like the Panthers the previous week, I think they've got some guys, um, you know, they got some guys to, to kind of take advantage of some of the injuries up on our front. You know, I think it's uh, definitely going to be a key for the Ravens to continue to improve on the run game side of things get those guys off the ball, be able to create a little bit more space than they were able to last week, and especially in the red zone as well, be able to shut down the pass rush, give Lamar a little bit of time for, uh, you know, finding some receivers in the end zones. Yeah, definitely. I, I, again, we're talking about how the Ravens need to do a better job of establishing the run than they did last week. And yes, if you, if you look at this team, they are a little weaker in, in pass defense, uh, against the rush. They are actually, uh, just uh, in the top 10, 10th in the league as far as uh, average yards given up per game on the ground. And yeah, some of it is due to the linebacker play, which has been good, but wanting from what I've seen from uh, Jaguars uh, message boards and and some locked on uh, Jaguars podcast. And, you know, in particular, another area that they are having some concern is, uh, another uh, high uh, traffic they had this year, Devin Lloyd. Um, it was kind of analogous to Patrick Queen. <laughs> you know, just a guy who's very athletic uh, and a violent tackler, but uh, misses tackles and is, is starting to uh, lose some playing time as a result of it. Uh, he's been splitting time with third-round pick uh, Chad Muma over the past couple games, um, who's done decently well for them has had his struggles as well as is expected with a rookie um but yeah i mean if you're looking for where the ravens might be able to have some success there be running in his lane um just you know force him to to show that he used the bye week well and is coming out refocused learning from what went wrong as the season went along because uh, again it's like walker another guy who started out really hot for them but just uh started trailing off as the weeks went on so yeah, I mean, I I think that that's another area the Ravens could uh, have some success here uh, is is just attacking some of the inexperience at the linebacker positions against this uh, kind of five two four front that the Jags run uh, to get some uh, ability to establish the run and hopefully make the passing game a little little easier than it was last week. I think this is a really interesting point. If you look at their personnel young personnel, but the ceiling would be to be able to pull off a similar game plan as to what Carolina was able to do against us and really slow down our run game. So curious to see a, if they can execute something like that and B, how the Ravens are able to respond after a week where their running game wasn't quite working until the end. And I'm just, I'm curious to see that chess match because I'm a little afraid that maybe the book might be out on how to slow down the Ravens running game. After that, the key, though, to that book is I think it takes the right player personnel and the right discipline, and not every team has that. 
So will the Jacksonville Jaguars be able to have that? Will they be able to adapt? I, I can see a world where they will be able to, but uh, got to keep an eye on it. And I'm definitely excited to see Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma play because those are two guys I remember talking about during the draft process. And it's always fun to kind of like check in on these guys and see how they're playing. So definitely, uh, you know, a lot to look forward to in the middle of the field. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with that. It'll be really interesting to see that. And in addition to those guys, so when we're talking about uh, the past defense for the Jaguars, um, this isn't going to be another interesting thing to see how the Ravens handle because we talked about in the last episode how the past two games, uh, Devin Duvernay has basically disappeared from the offense. Uh, he's gotten a few touches, but nowhere near what we would like to see from the guy, especially considering the injuries that the Ravens have uh, with your pass catchers really being down to Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, and Demarcus Robinson if Duvernay is is uh, taken out of the game plan. And um, while while the, the Jaguars have a lot of players who are young and, and struggling, a guy who, who is already playing at an all-pro level is a second-year cornerback, Tyson Campbell. Uh, this guy's been... Uh, an absolute stud for the Jaguars this year. Um, he's allowing a 71.5 quarterback rating thrown against him this year. Uh, for comparison, Marlon uh, has a 63.6. Both those numbers are from pro football reference, which isn't a stat I, I love because like I never know if I exactly how that number is, is calculated. And it feels like something that could be a little uh, subjective depending on, um, you know, what, certain coverages could be and but any anyways still you watch the tape and it's quite clear this guy is is going to be a star at the nfl level he was a big reason that the jaguars were able to come back against the raiders a, a few weeks ago despite the fact that Devonte adams had a monster first half in that game uh the jaguars just basically had him just match just match campbell up one-on-one with adams the rest of the game and he shut him out for the rest of the game made several uh, very great athletic plays to to uh, uh, break up passes and just really made Adams work. And, you know, watching the game film against the Chiefs last week or two weeks ago, I was watching that game. I don't, from what I watched, at least, I didn't see Mahomes challenge Campbell once. That's the where this guy is right now. Um, so that is going to be interesting. Are the, the Jaguars going to use him to basically take Duvernay or Robinson out of the game? Or are they just going to... Uh, you know, focus on Mark Andrews instead. But I think regardless of what they do, Campbell is going to be the number one guy on this defense that the Ravens are going to have to figure out uh, how to maneuver around because he he is that good at this point. Yeah, I think another guy as well who's playing pretty uh, good in the secondary, Andre Sisco, their free safety. Um, another guy definitely to watch out for. Um, you know, this is one of those matchups, man, like – I think between Campbell and Cisco and maybe some of the other guys, at least in the secondary, honestly, I mean, I give the edge to Jacksonville. Just they have some talent there. You know, obviously the Ravens, we talked about short-staffed in the receiver department, even if you include the tight ends in, into that group. You know, I think the Jags have the pieces, enough pieces, honestly, to uh, make things difficult. I think it really comes down to kind of what we were talking about last episode with the Panthers of like, you know, can the Ravens, improve on their run game right it's it's really like how well they can kind of push in that direction it might open up some of the pass game but if the ravens want to try and you know do what they've done the last couple of weeks to kind of open up with the pass game to be able to you know introduce the run i think that 
they might struggle with that a little bit um, because I do think that they have the guys to basically lock that down. I mean, if they wanted to try it, it might happen for maybe the first quarter, but then after that, I wouldn't lean on it because I definitely think that they've got some playmakers in the secondary here. I agree with that. You know, it's weird. We talk about Devin DuVernay as this wide receiver one sometimes, and it just really doesn't seem that way. We kind of discussed it last week where he just feels most natural in that number two slot. So it looks like Robinson's going to be that guy that steps up. So one of these guys are going to be relatively taken away. We talked about last week too with Carolina. We had some confidence that, you know, <laughs> their corner would be able to take out one of the players with uh, JC Horn. And I could see the same kind of game plan happening here and we'll see how the Ravens are able to respond. I just really, uh, I worry about that, you know, even though the Ravens have been really good about spraying the ball around to multiple players, for whatever reason, it just, uh, they really seem to struggle when that one of those options is taken away. So we'll definitely uh, have to keep an eye on it. I, we got to see growth out of this passing offense. That's for sure. Uh, they're, yeah, they got a hand behind their back and that's, that's without a doubt. And maybe when uh, Deshaun Jackson is able to come back, that'll give them an element to their game to open things up a bit but until then and you, get, you can't really trust the 35 year old uh hamstrings so i just i think we gotta we gotta keep seeing greg roman uh evolve and adapt to the realities of this offense at this point he got me really depressed there with that statement there of, of our hope being on deshaun jackson to re- <laughs> to vitalize this passing attack um yeah, I, you, really, hopefully the Ravens can find a way to get Duvernay back on track. I, I agree 100%. He's not a number one wide receiver. He's not even a, a number one, ideal number one wide receiver in an offense where, you know, Mark Andrews is really the number one wide receiver. Uh, he's a guy who's going to do best as the third or fourth option. Um, and unfortunately, that's that's the same for Demarcus Robinson as well. That's kind of just the the cards that the Ravens are drawn at the moment with this Bateman injury, uh, which really, really sucks. But, you know, they were able to find a way for it to work against Tampa Bay and against uh, the Saints, neither of which did we really get the the ceiling of a passing attack that we would want to see from this team, but at least better than, than what we got uh, against Carolina in, in that wind environment. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's we've seen some new creative uh, stripes from this Greg Roman offense this season. Uh, it, there's a, obviously a huge debate on to how big those, uh, those strides have been. <laughs> if we'd like to see more and we always want to see more, but how much more and you know, it's, it's going to require even more creativity for them to see how to make this work. I would like to say that the game we saw DeMarcus Robinson last week is something that uh, can propel him to that type of role consistently going forward. But I think, again, like we said, we got to see him be able to do it when the defense is actually focusing on him, when they're forcing him to to get those jump balls and, and really be physical off the line, which we haven't been able to see him, him do this year. He's, he's struggled in instances where where he's had to be in that spot. So, um, you know, we don't really know the full health of Mark Andrews either. Is, is he playing at 100% or not. Uh, if, but if, if he can do it, we might need him to go back into, into super Andrews mode that he did last year. That that might be what we're going to need. So, uh, a lot of tough questions for this Ravens 
a passing attack going forward. Um, but the silver lining is the schedule seems to be allowing for the Ravens to to take the opportunity to to try some different things out and and see what what'll work before you get to. I don't want to say a real game because we always know that that games can be trap games, but the Ravens should be able to have a winning record through this stretch of games before they play Cincinnati on the last week of the season. So um, we'll just see what they do, and and hopefully they learn some things from the Carolina game, and this game against Jacksonville will be a stepping stone to that. What depresses me is that the Ravens aren't even mentioned in this uh, Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes. I guess we don't have enough Bitcoin to pay him, but... (laughs) <laughs> it just bums me out. Like, I think he'd be really useful in this team. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, are you kidding me? Definitely the Ravens have been, they've definitely been a name. Oh, they have? Are you kidding me? All I see is Cowboys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not like the number one, but. The like, Cowboys are certainly like, dominating the press. If you simply just uh, type in Odo Beckham to to Google, you're blasted with four separate articles of <laughs> how Odo Beckham is a great fit for the Cowboys. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Not that they even need them. They've got plenty of options. Like I know, right? The rich just yeah. want to get richer. Uh, I know, right? Like, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like a guy, like even like Noah Brown, like you know, let's see, their third, fourth option or something. Like, seems pretty legit. I, mean, I don't <laughs> know if he would do anything in the Ravens' offense, but, um, but yeah, no, I'm yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing with Beckham is basically just like when he can come back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd be, I'd be about that. Um, if uh, you know, in a couple of weeks or whatever, we need to bring him in. I think that could be a good piece. Because um, I mean, for sure, I think Bateman is uh, is a huge Beckham fan. Um, I think they're like relatively like similar in terms of like body size, and they could probably do very some very similar things, assuming he's healthy. But it also is one of those things too. It just it feels really weird to. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the same thing with like Deshaun Jackson, right? It's just like that. That's that's who you had to bring in like this late in the game to be able to like get your passing offense to work like you know it doesn't make you feel great from that perspective but I don't know if it works it does if it works it works you know <laughs> we just have to hope it works I think the last thing we really need to talk about is actually their special teams unit very pedestrian looks like uh, Riley Patterson is uh, nothing but a replaceable level kicker one out of three completed from 50 plus yards career long at 52 nine for 11 uh from the 40 to 49 range missed extra point this uh in his career i just think like you know this guy is not really any uh anyone to be scared of he's not like an x factor or weapon and then Logan cook only 11 kicks inside the 20 all this year four touchbacks i imagine they're a team that punts a lot (laughs) so that's not that impressive either (laughs) Um, so it looks like these guys are relatively pedestrian and, and they're not going to be game changers. Uh, from a kick return perspective, you got Jamal Agnew and uh, Jamichael Hasty making returns. Both of these guys are are folks that you probably heard about if you play DFS before, as these guys can pop off for random big weeks. So you know that they have the ability to, uh, you know, pop a big return too if the lanes are just right. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly a matchup that you like. Uh, favoring the Ravens on special teams. Uh, so there is that that we can look at. And and if this game does get a little more competitive than expected, uh, we know we got Tucker and uh, they've got a, a journeyman kicker. So 
in enough games in Ravens history over the past decade, that has been enough to swing the tide in the Ravens' favor. We ready to do our bold predictions and score predictions? Let's go. Let's do it. Peter, do you want to go first? You seemed enthusiastic. I did. I don't have either ready, but I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like we said, this is a really interesting one to look at, um, especially considering... Uh, just a stagnant offense that we saw from the Ravens last week. Uh, they will be going to a warmer client. Hopefully there won't be warmer, warmer climate. Uh, they, they might be a warmer client. I don't know. You know, are, are they uh, friendlier <laughs> yeah. than the Panthers? I don't, I don't really don't know any of them personally, but Trevor Lawrence seems like a friendly guy though. Um, anyways, it's, it's certainly an environment that's ripe for a trap game, like we're saying. And I think it will be competitive. As we've said, the Jaguars, although they've lost seven games this year, they've, they don't lose big. Um, so I think that we're still going to see some growing pains from this offense. Uh, we mentioned Tyson Campbell. I think he's going to make things a, a little more difficult with this uh, beat-up receiving core. Uh, I think the Ravens will get the win. I'll give it 20-16. Uh, to 16. I think it'll be a, another low-scoring affair. Hey, Peter, calling for the push. <laughs> and for my bold prediction, again, this is going to be... I think we're going to see it this week. We said that the Ravens need to get creative on offense, and we talked about how there's some iterations of the Mark Andrews package that we haven't seen yet. I'm going to call it, we're going to see a passing touchdown from Mark Andrews. This is this is, this is is bizarro uh, uh, take. This isn't a bold take, but I don't think it's out without outside of the realm of possibility. I think that that's something that the Ravens could try and you know throw the defense off base and when they usually do these more crazy plays, it's usually not against the mo- the top uh, tier of defenses in the NFL. Usually it's in games where they, they feel like they can recover if if that play goes awry. So just re- really nothing to, to suggest that that's going to happen, just that I want it to happen. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll go next. Um, yeah, after last week, I, I feel like I need to temper expectations a little bit in terms of score prediction. We were wildly off. Real. Um, I, I mean, Alec, I guess your score prediction was the closest, but also I really don't think we should give it. No, to I, I should not give the points. points. Like, we did, it, it's not in the we spirit. Score, so. Yeah, we were so yeah, yeah. far off base. It's like uh, um, if you're like, oh, I think Dallas might be able to eke out a victory against Minnesota. It's like, shame on you. You don't even get the points for that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's true. Yeah, forty to three. Not not the not, not the score most people predicted. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this one could be a little bit closer. Um, I think I might go with eighteen thirteen and some weird like Raven score a ton of field goals. Um, be able to pull this game out. My let me do the math real quick because I want to make sure this doesn't alter my bold prediction because I was thinking about doing something on the offense. What's that? Six field? Jeez, that's six field goals. Oh God, um, <laughs> would not be good. Um, I'm gonna say that Lamar Jackson leads the Ravens down to um, score a touchdown and a two point conversion to Mark Andrews, and that'll be what gets to 18 somehow. If I can math correctly, I think it'll work out. Last week is really making us all overthink this. <laughs> Not Alec. All right. So <laughs> here's the thing, guys. Like what we didn't mention in the our talk about the game is on average for the other seven games of the year where they, uh, you know, 
there's a couple games down here where they've given up very few points, and then the other seven, it's 26 per game. I was thinking about 24 going in. I was thinking about 24, so this this about it lines up. So like 24. Now, how many points do I think the Jaguars are going to be able to put together? Dude, I thought about it, and I, I looked him up. I said, Riley Patterson, what do you look like? And he looks like a bro. You know, it looks like he had some fun in college. And this 23-year-old guy, I think I think he's going to miss a field goal. So it's like, all right, one opportunity wasted. What's the score now? Dude, I think they might get a shutout. I think it could be 24 to 0. I really do. I think this defense is hot as crap. The offensive line is not looking that good. The secondary still looks solid. Even if they don't have uh Hamilton, I think the Stevens on the outside, Marlon on the inside will be sufficient enough for what they got going on. And I could just see a lot of uh, missed opportunity. And, uh, you know, the one time they think they feel confident, they kick a field goal, they miss it. So I can actually see a shutout. It probably won't be. It'll probably be more like six points, probably more like 24 to six. But I'm enthused. I'm going to say 24 to zero. And bold is that they miss a field goal? Yeah, he's gonna miss. It. Well, it's not my bold prediction. Yet. I haven't got there yet. I'm just saying. I think. I think <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just playing out the whole game for you. you only have to watch it on Sunday. You know, maybe you want to spend time with family okay. during the long holiday weekend. Uh, so there, there you go. Ravens twenty four zero. But the the bold prediction is obviously the defense is going to be predominant in this game. I say the Ravens are able to keep their whole offense to under two hundred and thirty yards. I'm assuming that their season average is somewhere north of that. <laughs> 300, maybe. I looked it up. Uh, they average 222 passing yards a game and uh, 139 rushing yards a game. So it feels good to say 230 is pretty low. All right. Well, I guess that about does it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. Looking forward to this game on Sunday. I uh, hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, a nice extended weekend if you have one Uh, enjoy the time off and uh, rest and relaxation turkey uh, all the other foods that uh, you and your families uh, partake in we'll be back with nfl bets episode later this week um, as well as the ravens history corner and uh, we'll be back to recap this game uh, next week and uh, talk about the Denver game coming up after that you can still find us. Uh, I believe our account is still live on, on Twitter if uh, <laughs> if uh, Mr. Musk hasn't uh, banned our account for whatever reason. Um, we're still there. We're still uh, still on Twitter, still on YouTube, at OneWinningPod. You can always email us at OneWinningPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, like I said, uh, have a good holiday and go Ravens. <laughs>